Digital Wasteland. I am your host, Aaron Dawson, and my guest today is a, uh, a writer and an actor and a poet and a musician and a whole bunch of other things. Um, Adriel Brandt is with me. How are you doing, man? I'm doing well, thank you. Uh, Good. I'm honored to be the, the first guest. You are the, the first guest, man. Um, how's it going? What are you uh, creating at the moment? What am I creating at the moment? Um... Well, I'm writing, yeah, I'm writing a few poems every once in a while. Oh, that's good. Uh, I don't have an ongoing, uh, longer project, but, um, uh, yeah, no, nothing, no, nothing ongoing, really, okay. uh, at the moment. So your last big project, though, was you did a, no, it's a submission-based role play mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that was like a, like a text-based story yeah, it was a, a submission-based uh, role yeah. play, and so essentially you uh, start off by submitting a character. So, uh, well, if you're familiar with the Hunger Games, so yeah, like you so have, it's like it's like Hunger Games fan fiction, but yeah, but uh, submitted from various users, and they yeah, all sort and, of tell and through a story. format, yeah, and, cool. And so essentially, you know, in the Hunger Games themselves, you have your twelve districts. Uh, with two characters from each district. And so, yeah. essentially, you'd have 24 different bloggers submitting their characters' stories uh, within, you know, from a prompt that I would I would give them. Cool. Um, so, why did you decide to do it that way? What was the... Well... The, um, or why not just write fan fiction? Uh, an afternoon, summer 2012, I... Uh, Finished the Hunger Games, the novel, in, in, okay. one, in one sitting. Yeah. I uh, experienced a bit of uh, a heat stroke, actually, that day, because I was pretty warm and didn't drink water for oh, four shoot. hours. Uh, anyways, and then immediately I went online to, to see what was, you know, what other people thought of the Hunger Games, which I do with all of the media I consume. Oh, of course, yeah. And uh, I found these Hunger Games role plays on Tumblr. Uh, which uh, you submitted a character, you wrote, you know, you spent five hours, cre- you know, creating this short story that uh, on their prompt. But then, the curator of the blog or the game master, as they sure, yeah, yeah. as they called themselves, would take that, you know, five hours of work, five pages short story, and then just uh, compress it to a a sentence in a post that they would give. And so I thought, I can okay. I can do better than this. You know, I can create an actual user-created, you know, uh, conglomerate story, and so that's... That's cool. Uh, so you didn't come up with the, the format, you just took it and improved upon it, in a way. In, in a way. I didn't, I didn't come up with the idea of a, of a submission-based role-play. Um, okay. But I, yeah, I definitely, there's nothing like the one I had going on, on Tumblr at the moment. That's awesome. I, like, I, I thought it was a really cool idea to do it that way. I've never... I had I, re- I read some fan fiction. Mm-hmm. I, I was really big into Firefly back um, early two thousands, around when Serenity was coming out. There mm-hmm. was a website called Brown Coats, and they had a fan fiction. Oh, every single fan you know base has fan. Fiction oh, I know. It's I, and I, I would just go through it, and so much of it was not good. Mm-hmm. Like there was, and then of course there's always like the dirty fan fiction. Mm-hmm. Erotica. <laughs> yeah, like uh, they call yeah. them slash fiction and oh, stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. It's like, oh my goodness, it's some people are filthy. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, and, and so I learned a lot mm-hmm. um, about like fandom through through that sort of thing because I, I 
I was relatively young. I think I was in, in just going into high school when that movie came out, or just no, no, that would have been middle, 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 middle school. Um, well, if it was early two thousands, I'm trying to uh, think. I think you enter high school at like what age thirteen or no fourteen? You're fourteen when you're yeah. in grade nine. Isn't that nuts? That is kind of weird. <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah, so I can't remember when exactly that came. Yeah, we're probably gonna be about grade eight. So, so like how 13. much of the slash fiction did you read at that time? Oh, a lot. <laughs> I was reading left and right, and like, people were like, oh, man, Jane and Kaylee are getting together mm-hmm. now, and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and River and Jane was a thing, and Mal and Inara, and then I think there was some, some Jane and Mal. Jane is a guy Gotta for cover anyone all the, yeah. who's <laughs> not aware. Gotta cover all the bases. Um, it, was, it was, yeah, and I was just like, oh, my goodness, this is what people do with their time? Yeah. Um, <laughs> So yeah, when I saw that you would posted um, this thing, I saw it on Facebook, and I was like, that's kind of a neat idea, man. Um, you read The Hunger Games in one sitting, you said? Yeah, I read uh, the, 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 the Hunger Games, the, the first novel, the, 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 one in book. one sitting. Okay. Uh, and, and then immediately had to read the second one, but I had to borrow it, and so I had to wait a couple of days. And then read the second one in one day, not one sitting. Right. And then the third one, I had to travel all over British Columbia to to find uh, a copy. In fact, and I had to purchase the the uh, display copy at uh, Blackbond Books and Books and Mission. Oh, okay, yeah. wow. So that was like, wh- when did the last one come out? Was that recently? Um, it wasn't. I mean, because I read I, I read them all in twenty twelve. Okay. I th- or oh gosh, I because I I, I read the. Uh, the first one, that's the only book I've actually read mm-hmm. um, in the series. I read the first one, I think. We were living together at the time, actually. Oh, gosh. And that would have been, so that that would have been 2011. Yeah, 2011, 2012. That's right. And I read, I think I read the first, like, six or eight chapters, kind of, because I was also at school, so I didn't have mm-hmm. time to sit down and read a whole book in one day but I and I was kind of like this is really slow when is it going to get going because everyone who recommended mm-hmm. it to me was like oh you can't put it down so like, with like Catching Fire you mean or the first one with the first one oh, okay all the stuff leading up to the Hunger Games mm-hmm. and then once the actual Hunger Games started yeah yeah one sitting mm-hmm. read the entire thing in one night oh um, gosh yeah uh, and so um, yeah and then I've, I've seen all the movies I haven't got around to reading it because I, I don't know I mean, the first one's the best. It is the best. Uh, that's what I've heard, that's, too. That's my opinion. And I had uh, some issues with the ending, but we can get into that later. So what was <laughs> it <laughs> What was it about the Hunger Games that made you want to sort of organize this fan fiction role-playing thing? Well, I mean, it is, it is juvenile fiction, and most of the fan fiction writers, uh, I mean, they're probably like, probably 25% of fan fiction writers are over the age of 30, and then the other half, right. or the, uh, the other percentage is probably under 20, and so... Uh, I mean, I obviously wasn't, no, I wasn't thinking of that. What am I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make science out of, of something that wasn't scientific. Right. <laughs> Sim- simply, I read The Hunger Games and was immediately, you know, obsessed with the, the novel and went on Tumblr, found a Hunger Games role play. I am, I love writing, but sure, I can't, yeah. for some reason, I can't write something that's longer than, you know, five pages. And so this was brilliant for me because I got to create a character, which I love to do. You know, created a character every like couple of weeks because my characters would die off so swiftly right, in these right. in these other uh, curated Hunger Games blogs, and so it was just ideal for me. And then 
eventually I just got so tired of how these were facilitated that I uh, made my own and wrote a lot more for, for mine than I ever did for other ones because, uh, you know, I had up to like eight characters that I right. wrote for myself. Okay, yeah, so that was kind of going to be my next question. was like, how many other authors did you get and then how much writing did you have to do? Uh, well, for the first games, uh, it was... I had more other other bloggers contributing, more contributors. Um, and I think I only wrote for up to four or five out of the 16. Because so, I, I trans, transported the the idea of the Hunger Games, the, the arena combat, to, yeah. to Britain. Right. And, uh, and so created my own kind of world and backstory and stuff like that. And so I only had 16 tributes uh, because I knew I wouldn't get the full 24. Right. Uh, and yeah. ended up, I think, yeah, the first year getting probably around 11 uh, that uh, were on and off contributors. I had to write a couple chapters here and there to fill in the gaps that people oh, okay. just were lazy or didn't want to contribute. Sure. Uh, and then the second games, I had to write for eight uh, and had only two other contributors uh, who wrote for three characters. And so that was only 11 okay. out of 16. And so I decided to to make it the end piece because and, and wrote that there was a huge rebellion going on okay. at the time that made it so that five of the tributes didn't even make it to the Hunger Games because there's this rebellion going on. Oh, okay. Got you. Because there, yeah, I, the, you did an audiobook called From Ash and From Coal and From Coal and Coal. And, uh, which I, I listened to the whole thing in, in mm. one night. I thought it was really good. You, that, that's, I was going to recommend, that could be an alternate career for you is reading audiobooks. Because oh, you definitely, dream. It, <laughs> it was super good. I, like, my mom's writing a book. I was like, I got the guy. Oh, perfect. I will, <laughs> I'll, I will, at the drop of a hat. Um, yeah. Uh, find out how you get that job. I don't know <laughs> how you do it, but. Just uh, all, it's all phone interviews, right? I, I guess, Hello, this yeah. is uh, April. I, uh, I applied for the audiobook position. <clears throat> Yeah, oh, totally. I, I mean, you were doing like the different voices yeah. and the and the accent because it takes place in Scotland. So, you got oh, well, my Scottish has has some work. Uh, I need to do some work on that. Yeah, it wasn't, I think. It wasn't yeah. bad though. All right, it was, okay. I mean, I haven't listened to a lot of Scottish speakers. Yeah, and well, I should show it to my parents because they spent six weeks there recently. So, I they, mean, the, the difficulty too is I think I was probably doing. Uh, the received pronunciation of Scottish, which I, which is probably what like Glasgow or Edinburgh, probably Glaswegian. Yeah, Glaswegian. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I mean, there are so many different dialects, and the fact that I don't even know what dialect I'm speaking speaks right. a little bit to to uh, my ignorance. Uh, I think the stereotypical Scottish accent is the Glasgow. Yeah. That, that's the really thick one. Yeah, that's yeah. Um, yeah, but still somehow understandable. Uh, totally, yeah. we, the the Whitecaps had a striker from Glasgow named Kenny Miller, and he just there was sometimes where you just couldn't understand what he was saying. <laughs> oh. You have to like listen to his interviews three or four times. Yeah, but like, it's oh. still dreamy though. Oh, oh, it's great. I don't know <laughs> what, what it is about it. Um, so, anyways, I listened to the the audiobook of that, and then you you did a second role play. Yeah, so and, that, that and a companion piece to the second role play, correct? Uh, sort of. So the first one was just the, the tributes, uh, the yeah. tributes that participated in the games. And then in the second games, because it was going to be my final one and because there was this huge rebellion going on, I thought mm -hmm. it might be interesting to, to write from the perspective of someone who's not even involved in the games to kind of widen, widen the scope of my world. And so um, where The Hunger Games by Suzanne Collins is only from the perspective of, of Katniss, right. uh, we have in, in, the, in my role play, then we have, you know, the perspective of 11 different and individual tributes, um, you know, some of whom die, 
And then, in addition, you have the perspective of, say, you know, like, uh, President Coin or something. Like, you know, a, an additional story, a character's story being told. Right, okay. And so I created a, uh, a rebel who, in the end, led kind of the, the rebellion and broke into the arena to free some of the remaining tributes at the end of the games. Okay, that's cool. Um, so you're kind of um, taking uh, parallels then from the... Uh, the Suzanne Collins series and sort of trying to adapt it to... Well, I mean, any, any yeah. you know, subjugated uh, people will attempt to rise oh, up. it's you not know, an and, original idea. And so, yeah, yeah, I didn't... The uh, My story doesn't really parallel uh, the story of the Mockingjay at, at all because it doesn't have the, um, the sort of Mockingjay figure. Right. Uh, it's more just, yeah, this people, the, these people were, were subjugated, their children were thrown into the, the arena, and some of them, you know, some people in the, in the uh, districts rose up and, and tried to do something about it. There was, in fact, a rebellion in the first games that uh, uh, resulted in the escape of one of the tributes, oh, who, okay. who was yeah. then brought back uh, in the second games, and so she participated in two games. Right. So, so when you're doing, because it's submission based and you have multiple people writing, um, one or more characters, uh, how do you keep, like, what, what is your, uh, how do you write the tasks for each, each week or each month or whatever? Is it weekly? Uh, it was, it depended really um, okay. on how much material was going to be required in the task. But generally yeah. it was like, I gave the task one week and, and would... Um, re- and would receive them the next week and then publish them the next week. Oh, okay. Um, and give another task in the meantime. But because, you know, I was writing for so many tributes or, you know, my contributors were in school or... Falling behind. You know, falling, yeah. Then I had to delay or or speed up things depending on, on what uh, what the schedule was like, you know. Okay. But yeah, so what, so how the tasks come up is basically on a... On a you know, a week-to-week basis, depending on what the tributes do. Um, but uh, beginning, you know, with with uh, the reaping, and then, so they write, you know, their kind of character living in their districts, right? Yeah. You know, to introduce their character, and then you've got the parades, sure. and you've got the training. And then when you enter the arena, then there's the bloodbath task, and then after that, it's just kind of day one, night one, uh, on, a, on that kind of basis of there was so much material in day one that we split day one and night one up or um, now I'm throwing a story element and so there's going to be a story element how they respond to the story element uh, for example in From Coal Unto Coal uh, the king uh, or the the British king uh, involved himself in the games and landed in the arena to to kind of speed things up and add that extra drama and so how the characters responded to that was a task. Right. You know, I would prompt them by saying, you know, this is what's happening. What does your character do? Do they flee? Do they try to attack the king? Uh, and then it's just completely user-based. Uh, so, like, what they do will be what their character does, you know? Like, okay. What they write in their stories will be what happens, and that'll affect what I then uh, would tell them to do or to, would ask them what they would do next. Okay, so you didn't have a, an overarching sort of story plan. Certainly not in the in the first one. I mean, I had kind of an I you know I had ideas because, mm-hmm. but never, you know, it's like a, a Dungeons and Dragons adventure. 
Uh, right, yeah. You have your dungeon master who has the plot written down, you know, different characters that you can, you know, meet, different encounters, beasts that you can attack or whatever. But then the players will, you know, do whatever the hell they want. Right, Sometimes, course, yeah. Sometimes the DM has to scramble, you know, to like, oh, damn, like, these guys are just going off here. That, that's completely not according to my plan. Yeah, yeah. And so, and so I, I knew that going in, and so I, you know, I wanted to give the characters the freedom. Because that was one of the frustrating things about these previous uh, RPs is that whatever I chose my for my character to do, I would be funneled into what they wanted right. in their games. And you've done a fair bit of, of role playing and, and stuff like oh, that. Oh yeah, I mean, before I even knew Dungeons and Dragons or video games existed, right. I would pretend in the backyard oh, that I was a female elf named Akira. Green hair, <laughs> green eyes, black hair. Yeah, she was <laughs> she was pretty nice. intense. Yeah. Oh, I mean, we all did that as kids, but you, you played, you've been a dungeon master a lot. Too, yeah, right? I, I, uh, I've been a dungeon master for, for D&D uh, and various editions thereof, and then have also formulated my own, uh, like, system, uh, right. me- mechan- game mechanics and stuff like that, which uh, I would like to play more, but uh, it's difficult to get a group together uh, at this stage sure. in our lives, right? Yeah, totally. Um so then, uh, how did you, did you have a lot of authors that, because you know, I'm assuming everyone who creates a tribute would want their tribute to win, or were there, were they, oh yeah, no, I mean, were I, they willing to, although, yeah, um, the, the end of From Coal into Coal involves one of the tributes choosing to kill himself, yes. because he didn't want to be part of the games, and so, um, I mean, it depends on how strong of a character you've created. I mean, some characters, you're just like, I want my character to win, and so I'm going to make him like this. Yeah. And then other people are like, I want my character to be who she is, and so she's going to do what she would do, which might end up causing her to die or lose, right? Right. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's kind of like, uh, yeah, it, it, it really depends. Some, some of my writers were really shallow, slash were English second language, and Okay. And involved a lot of editing on my part, but for the most part, no, like, we had some really strong characters who were not necessarily willing to, to die or willing to lose, but uh, were certainly understood, you know, the integrity of their characters and knew that their character would choose to do this even though it would result okay. in their imminent death. So you never had to step in and, and be like, like, you know... No, uh... There is there are surprising surprisingly few tribute interactions between writers. Like uh, okay, um, most deaths were involved because like one writer dropped off, and so I was like, well, this character is going to be you know near you. Are you going to kill him? Like yeah. yes, uh, but uh, like on occasion, for example, uh, one tribute uh, encounters another tribute in a in a cabin. Mm-hmm. One has a short blade. One has a long blade. And then they both write their stories. I, I look at both of the stories and, and just kind of, like, look back on their training. What did they train in, you know? And then I talk to them both saying, like, what sort of, you know, what is your, yeah, what is your um, uh, plan, you know? What sort yeah. of techniques you're going to use here? And because it's a small cabin, one was using a long blade, that's just not going to work. And so I had to uh, tell her that her character would not win because right. she had less strength training and she had an ungainly blade in the space. And so that was just kind of, I mean, I, I want it's to, a, it's a story. And so logic's not going to win out every, every right, time. Sure. Uh, but uh, certainly, you know, I wanted to make the realism, uh, 
you know, I wanted to make it really gritty. I, I really appreciated writing death scenes, actually. Like, okay, I love yeah. that. No, that's that's your dungeon master <laughs> training sort of stepping yeah. in. Like you get to, I was like, that's a really yeah, like, sort of the dungeon master moment. Yeah, like, you got oh, it. You can't be, you know, biased. Yeah. Are you sure to... you want to use the long blade? <laughs> yeah. Of course. Yeah. It's longer. Of course, it's got a d, you know, a one d eight instead of a, you know, yeah, a dice turn. That's eight sided oh, dice. I, yeah. I, I <laughs> um, yeah. So that was. Um, that's a really it's a really cool idea. I really like the idea of the submission based. Yeah, and hopefully this year I'm going to be re- releasing an audiobook of uh, a character per month. And so oh, okay. I, there were 12 characters. That's including including the the rebel outside the games. And I yeah. want to release one per month uh, because I do love to. Uh, I love the sound of my own voice. So. That's awesome. Um, so the second games is done. Yeah, it's a, it's a done deal. It's all completed. Yeah. The it's now the United Kingdoms of Britain, and they are recovering, if not living happily. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, you figure this will be your last sort of submission-based role-play, or... I don't know. Maybe uh, do it for a def- different series? I could, I could consider doing that. Um, I mean, The Hunger Games just facilitates it so well, because yeah, it has such, such a framework, you know? It's got that kind of intro for your character and then it's got the arena where you have an end because your character dies, you know? Right, yeah. And so that, I don't know how I would spin it for another another fandom, but uh, I, I, I could consider it. That's cool. So you're going to do, you've done the, the From Cole Unto Cole audiobook, which is mm-hmm. awesome, which everyone should check out and I will link uh, on the uh, in the show notes to where you can find that. Uh, and then are you going to do, you said you're going to do a character a month. Is that individual yeah, ones so from that from the first games or are you going to do the, the, sec- the second games. the second games. so the okay. first games I figured um, it wasn't at that <coughs> point as as much of a holistic story as, as the second games were okay um, in that in that each individually individual character was their own individual character right and so the story could have I, I wove the story together with different characters for the audiobook um, and so it kind of s- still tells the one story whereas I looked at the the second games and it's just it would be impossible to pick and choose, you know, this character for this chapter and this character for this chapter because it would, I don't know, like I, I didn't feel like that would have, you know, encapsulated the, the, the story behind it. And so I'm going to release, you know, the entire story of this character and the entire story of this character month to month basis. And, and that'll be less accessible because you'll have to listen to 12 audiobooks to get the, <laughs> the whole story. But you can, right. you, can yeah. pick, you can pick and choose the story that you want to listen to, you know? Right, and so it's like they all tell the same story. It's just kind of... From a different perspective, a different perspective. yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I think that's a great idea. Are you going to do the, the Coraline piece as well? Is that yeah, you know yeah, so Coraline Finley, the, the rebel, is going yeah. to be the, the first story oh, okay. Okay, right. uh, that I release. And I, I'm still unsure as to whether or not I'm... For my general narrator voice, whether I'm going to do this the Scottish or not, because I mean she she's from Scotland, and so um, my my RP English is is much better. My received pronunciation English, and so I'm more comfortable with reading that. But we'll see. And yeah. I, I'm just keeping the Scottish for the dialogue. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> right. Well, hey, I look forward to that. That's going to be cool. Oh, thank um, you. So that's that's what's next for you. Um, you you've checked out the movies, the Hunger Games movies. I'm oh assuming. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I feel like they're just getting better. Yeah, uh, I I do as well. the The first one I did not enjoy. I felt everyone was wooden, and the CG was terrible, uh, and just the yeah, adaptation yeah, was blo- the it was bloodless. Was bad. Yeah, the CG was. I bad. know. I wanted the R rated version. I mean, so not, bad. not even just 
the R-rated version, but like you know the the Mockingjay Part One, yeah, um, was was harrowing. You know, there are child soldiers and and bombings and yeah. and burnt bodies. You know, on the ground, and it was it was terrifying. I, I think that was the best one. Yeah, but it you know it was still whatever fourteen A or PG thirteen, and so yeah. like you can definitely do like something that affects you and still have the PG thirteen. Whereas in the first film, I felt like they just did shaky cam to try and get. Oh, that. the shaky cam was awful. <laughs> I, I I I walked to the theater and I was like, man, I wish Ridley Scott had directed that. Uh, Ridley Scott is notorious for not having shaky cam or shaky. Oh uh, well, it just he did like you know, like Gladiator right. and stuff like that. So yeah. I was like, oh man, yeah. just like, <laughs> like battle axes going into people yeah. and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. But you yeah. know, then you get the R rating and then you lose it. And because because the, the Americans don't, they're so. Um, the rating system is so strict. So yeah, and it, and it's bizarre too. It's, like there's weird yeah. things that give you an R, like more than one f bomb gives you an R rating. Gives you an R rating really? in the states. No way. Where it's like like you can get a 14A rating in yeah. Canada with like full frontal nudity and people swearing yeah. like drunken sailors. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it was like maybe they shouldn't. Mm. Maybe, no, they, maybe they should be a little more strict. But yeah, there's weird stuff like that. Yeah, what's what what's going to affect your child more? You know, like yeah. he, hearing a couple f bombs that they they'll hear in their schools or oh, totally. seeing brutal violence, which hopefully they will never you know experience. Yeah, but I was just like, yeah, there needed to be more blood. Yeah, no, the first one was absolutely just bloodless. And I mean, like even like Peta, you don't you don't know this, but he loses a leg okay. in the first film because that cut to his leg. Um, causes he needs to get it amputated okay. it's that bad you know that gross and pussy and and disgusting yeah. and in the film you know he gets like a little scratch and <laughs> they kiss in a cave whatever, but like oh i know and then in this you know and now they've had to in the second and, and third and fourth films you know they've had to run with that and give Peter just he's got a leg because in the first one they were afraid to oh, give him an actual wound you lost the leg in the second book uh, so, like, it's revealed oh. in the second book that it was, in fact, it had to be amputated. Oh, okay. And so now he has, like, a robot leg. Right, because the first book just ends with her getting taken out of the game. Right? In the first book, yeah. It That's... ends with, with that, and it's kind of, it's shocking and that sort of thing. And There's then... no, uh, like, denouement. Yeah, to, I guess, yeah. Because, it, you know, they want yeah. you to read the, the second one. I wanted him to die. Peta, really? I was so. Oh, oh I, I. I love Peta. I hate him so much. He's, what is it? Okay. I just why? here's my thing. I think he's just so useless as a character. Like, like in the first book, his his sole purpose. Yeah. Is, is to be ignorant. <laughs> kind of like yeah. like they, they, she tried to like uh, like like portray him as like. Like like a really nice solid guy, mm-hmm. but like just because like at one point he gave her some bread. Yeah, you no, know, I don't know. And, like, and then and then like the whole like force romance thing to me was kind of weird and and. It 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 was I, the the I romance, know. it was weird and that I mean continues through all the the novels. Yeah, uh, but uh, the whole yeah love triangle and guilt about loving one and also oh, loving see, the other. Oh, I'm totally team Gale. Team really okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll we'll get on to Gale later. The the recent film has opened my eyes a little bit to Gale. But the the thing about I really appreciated about Peto was that he he wasn't your typical strong man. Uh, okay. And so like he they still assert and unfortunately Josh Hutcherson didn't have the muscle that the book Peta had. Yeah. Um and he kinda yeah. looks a little bit scrawny, but uh he has the chin. Uh anyways, um <laughs> in, in that like 
the first th the real first experience we have with PETA is in the car driving from the Justice Building after the reaping where he's crying. Um, and I just felt I really appreciated that because, <laughs> I mean, what would I do in that situation? Oh, yeah. I, I'm reaped. I'm about to die in the Hunger Games. What am I even going to do in the Hunger Games? You know, I can't, I'm not going to uh, even, yeah, anyways. Uh, and, but he cries. And then, and then you learn that he's super strong. He can, you know, lift huge bags of flour and, and all this sort of thing. And, uh, and then, you know, he's, he's quite cunning as well in the rest of the games. He joins up with the careers and they believe that he joins up the careers, but he's doing that to, to protect Katniss and then, and then after that, you know, he after that he serves a little bit of the the damsel in distress, I suppose. Yeah, and then uh, that which was is too bad. That was kind of where I um, lost it with him mm -hmm. in terms of like in, like my ability to care about him was like he was just he seemed kind of pathetic at that point, and like she like she has to take care of him. Like I don't think Katniss Everdeen is a really really strong character. See, and, and, and uh, like and, I don't and, and I'm basing that off one book and, and three yeah. movies. So, like, I don't know what happened. Josh Hutchison did a poor job in the first film. Okay. Uh, in the second film, he was a little bit better, still not as great of a PETA as I might have liked. And the third one, he did pretty good. Apparently, he starved himself with the role of that. Oh, weird. Um, for the third film, because he is, is tortured. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, spoiler alert. Uh, everyone knows. Yeah. Uh, what, yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> um, if you haven't read that at this point, if you haven't read or seen the yeah. movies. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't at this point, you probably won't ever. So, um, but um, yeah. hey, I unless still, you're, I, I guess, waiting for the for the for the bandwagon to pass entirely before jumping on it, I suppose. Yeah, which some people do. I some think. people. Do. I mean, I still meet people that don't know the twist at the end of Sixth Sense. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I, like, I, I only walked out a couple of years ago. <laughs> did you know the twist? Though? Yeah, I do. Oh, yeah. you did before. No, oh, I think. I don't, I don't actually, I, I didn't. I knew the line. I knew the yeah. line, I see dead people. Yeah. But I did not know that that came from the same film, which was see, I had it ruined for me, because when it came out, I think we were, um, we must have been like six or seven, mm -hmm. eight, something yeah. like that. Um, and so like I wasn't allowed to watch it. Oh, so yeah. like my mom had ruined it for me. Like, oh. I, probably, oh, yeah, I know, it kind of sucked. But like, so I saw it probably like five, six years after it came yeah. out. And, but I was still able to enjoy it, because I kind mm -hmm. of, the, that was kind of in the back of my mind. Yeah. I was like, oh, Spoilers, Bruce Willis is dead. <laughs> Just in case someone... Li like, go watch it if you haven't seen yeah. it. Like, when I meet people, I'm like, oh, I've never seen Sixth Sense. I'm like, do you know how it ends? Like, no, I'm like, go now, yeah. watch it. Go don't, watch it before it's Don't spoiled. talk to anyone. <laughs> go see it. <laughs> no, I mean, the thing is, is that it's a great film, whether or not you, you do know the, it the, is. the, the end. And that, I think that's... No, wait, that's a it's sort of different track, but trailers nowadays just advertise that there's a twist. And I hate that. Uh, yeah. They build up a film and say, this film has a twist, this film has a twist, this film has a twist, wait until you know it. Yeah. And then that just means that the entire time you're thinking, oh, is it going to be this, is it going to be this? And generally you come up with a theory that's better than the one that they actually use in the, totally. in the film. Or, or Shutter you, Island is apparently disappointing for some people because they all oh, guessed it from the beginning. I did, I did yeah. too. <laughs> when, when it's like, who is patient, you know, 67 yeah. or whatever, it's like, it's probably him. Yeah, exactly. Again, I, spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I didn't, I... I hadn't seen a trailer to that film before going to see it. I uh, and so um, see to me. It wasn't, I, I enjoyed it. It but, wasn't the trailer that, that, it that ruined the, it. It was everyone was like, "Oh, yeah. if you like Fight Club, you're gonna love that." Because in Fight Club, right. there's and also he, the, yeah. this is just. I'm gonna. I have to put <laughs> a disclaimer. Like spoilers yeah. for everything. 
Again, if you haven't seen Fight Club by now, like you deserve to have it ruined. But Fight Club again, you know, that's a great film. Whether or not you know mm-hmm. you can understand the twist, which well, see that one, I I went in pure. I had no right. idea what the twist was. I just heard Fight Club is a good movie. And I remember seeing it in the video store all the time. With Brad Pitt with the soap, yeah. and I was like, "What's a fight club? Why does he have soap? Yeah, this is weird. Yeah. Do they fight in the shower?" <laughs> it's almost it's almost better like watching it after you have seen it and know the twist, because then you can like pick up on all the totally, nuances totally. and stuff like that. And it's just like, oh, mind blowing. Definitely rewards a second watch. Same, yeah. I think Sixth Sense does too. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. a lot of things like the the color red cues the ghosts, um, and like you see mm-hmm. the the doorknob that uh, to the basement where Bruce Willis can never get. He's red, and he can never open the, uh, the door to the. I think it's to the basement. Um, right. And like the things that like, uh, you only ever see Bruce Willis wearing things that he interacted with on the night that he died. Like he was wearing the sweatshirt uh, at one point, mm-hmm. and then he had the he came home and had the suit on, and then he put the sweatshirt on, and then he took it off at one point, and then he, and then he got shot. Right. And so like he's always only wearing those things, and like when he sits down uh, at the. When they're having their anniversary, yeah. they like sit down. The chair doesn't move, and like, well, and, and the, no one, no one writing. ever, no one ever sees them, right? Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, um, what's his name? Is the only one that ever sees him. The yeah. kid, um, his name. Well, he won an Oscar, right? Young, youngest Oscar winner, or something like that. I think so. Anna Paquin for the piano might have been younger. Oh, okay. Uh, she was the girl who played Rogue in the X Men movies. And Soaky Stackhouse and yeah. True Blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, she, uh, she won. She won an Oscar? And then she went off to do True Blood? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when she was like, I think she was like seven or eight, oh, something man. like that. It's bizarre. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it's weird. I've never seen The Piano, but apparently it's good. I think it's a Roman Polanski movie. Yeah. Adrian Brody? Or is that a completely different That's film? the pianist. Oh, that's damn. the pianist. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe that's the Roman Polanski movie. I should know this. Mm, I'm yeah, so, you are the film I'm buff. I'm supposed to yeah. be the film buff. Um, anyways, getting back to the Hunger Games for a second, what were we talking about? Um, uh, PETA. You're, oh, right. right. Okay, so, uh, no, PETA, PETA was, yeah, I, I love, I was always team PETA because okay. I, I like sensitive guys. Uh, uh, I, that's just what resonates with me because I feel like that's who I've been. Except I'm, I've never been a good baker or as strong as PETA, so I have nothing like me. Katniss, Katniss would not love me. <laughs> um, that that aside, I I hated Gale for the longest time. See, and I know a lot of people that hated Gale, which I I, he, I don't get. He was just kind of um, emotionally abusive to Katniss. I felt, um, and in in Mockingjay, this this scene plays out in the film, and just kind of opened my eyes to to the fact that Gale is also a human being uh, with his his own weaknesses, which I didn't yeah. see in the novel. Uh, in the novels, I saw him as this kind of cold blooded like. Katniss has always loved me, so I'm going to make her love me, uh, yeah, okay. and I'm going to kiss her. And then the particular scene was when he uh, he has her kiss him, and then it's like, I knew you're going to do that. And she's like, How? I didn't know. And he's like, Because I'm in pain. It's the only time I can uh, get you to pay attention to me. Oh yeah, no, that was a good scene. And that was a, that was a great really scene. But I absolutely loathed him for that in the novel. I absolutely did. Like that was like I didn't know I could hate him more, but I did because he was because. Katniss throughout the entire Mockingjay is just manipulated by others, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And and I and Mockingjay is difficult to read for that reason, is because your main character, who's the strong woman, is being manipulated, you know, day in and day out. Every single thing that she does is because someone has pulled her strings. Um, 
And, uh, and so Gail just adding to that by manipulating her into kissing him just, like, absolutely tipped me over. Um, but then I watched this in the film, and I just, like, saw Gail. You know, he's going through District 12, and he's looking at all these bodies that he didn't save, you know. Yeah. And, and he is suffering. And then in addition, he's suffering because Katniss kind of has left him, you know, and has, has moved on. So, like, it's still not the greatest thing for him to have done, you know, but, mm. but I understood why he did it, uh, okay. finally. And yeah. so it just kind of clicked. I was like, you know what? He's a, he's a decent guy. And then, like, yeah, he, he, he volunteers to do that friggin' sweet cinematography, uh, uh, oh, the, the, like the on the, That's the best scene in oh the whole movie. Oh, my gosh, that was that, unreal. And, like, as someone who hadn't read the, um read the book like i was on the edge of my seat the whole time i was like oh shit something something's going down like (laughs) like they're gonna get murdered yeah by oh it was Um, so good i i questioned uh however the the whole uh finnick odair monologue through that scene because you'd have him monologuing you know about president snow uh on the screen yeah you know know what i'm talking about finnick is finnick odair uh the the guy who's tying knots uh from district four pitchfork Oh yes, yes. Um, the St- Sam Claflin is the is the actor. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anywho, um, he's he's monologuing about President. He's the one who like, wants to get his girlfriend back. Yeah, yeah, Annie. Okay. Uh, and he's like, you know, other people were paid with money. I was paid with secrets. You know, and then he was monologuing while, and then it was intercut with Gail right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, raiding the, the Capitol. And I just kind of questioned because the monologue was all one straight monologue, but it had minutes in between you know, with no monologue, but it still continued where it left off. I started to question that. Oh, like, you know it, was, it was intercut with the scenes. It was intercut with the scenes, it, but, like, it when he so, picked up, a, when when it cut back to Finnick, he was continuing literally on the word he left off on. When yeah, it, cut, it wasn't, I mean, like, voiced before. over. Yeah, it wasn't voiced over. Uh, uh, I don't know, I just kind of questioned. That's the only thing I've que- I questioned about Mockingbird. All, no, that's it. Okay. The others, yeah, yeah. I, thought, I thought, yeah, this was this was the best one, and I really hope that the next one... Like part two is good because I, I think the brilliance of of Mockingjay part one hinges on on Mockingjay part two definitely. doing doing the the right thing. <laughs> oh, the, these this whole trend of splitting books is just mm-hmm. I like I think Harry Potter I think. Well, they were the first one. They were the first one, and so you could all you could so forgive them just for that. It's totally their fault. Yeah. Um, okay. That's <laughs> but no, but I th- I thought they did an okay job. With, oh no! Absolutely, I, I I do think I like Deathly Hallows Part One better though. See, than Part Two. I I said that too. I because I I love um, beginnings. I love exposition. Right. I oh. I love slow character building. Yeah. Uh, and stuff, which is why I liked uh, you know Catching Fire and Mockingjay Part One better than The Hunger Games. More more character building. Um, anyways, uh, and so Deathly Hallows Part One had more of that. It was kind of slow. It was about a journey. It was about kind of Ron's descent into madness yeah. and, and that sort of thing. But then, uh, and, and then part two was just kind of all action and magic battles. Um, yeah. Well, it, and but there's like, part one just isn't as good without part two. And so, like, part one is my yes. favorite part, but it's not good without the second part. It, is, it is really good to, um, uh, you, have you marathoned them both back to back? I think I have. Like, yeah. it, that is awesome. Yeah. I did that uh, as soon as the, the Blu-ray for part two came mm-hmm. out. I went and got mm-hmm. it, and I was like, oh, I'm going to watch these. Yeah. <laughs> Sit down for four hours, watch them back to back, and that was awesome. Mm. Um, but I think, yeah, the, the thing with part two is the, end, the, the third act of part two 
yeah, works. It works. Yeah. Uh, n- you know, all the setup stuff, because a lot of the action, like from the book, they pushed into part two. Right. Like yep. the whole uh, the dragon part mm-hmm. and the whole um, mm-hmm. breaking into Bellatrix Lestrange's vault. They pushed that all into part two, so there is a lot more action, and so you yeah. kind of it it moves faster. It feels like you get to the end yeah, faster, yeah, but like the, they had to get the payoff right, and I felt they really got the payoff right. Except when he snaps the wand, which is one of those things. Adaptation, all right. <laughs> Whatever. I, I saw I saw a really good uh, line though about stretching uh, films into more than they are worth. Uh, um, it's uh, Bill O'Bagans looking very tired, and he's and he's saying, "I feel sort of thin, stretched, like one <laughs> book stretched into three movies, <laughs> like butter scraped over too much bread." Yeah. Oh, that's that's awesome. And it's just yeah. uh, you haven't seen the, 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 the. I haven't even seen the second Hobbit. <laughs> okay, I haven't either. I stopped after the first. Yeah, one. yeah. We we went together, right? Did we see the first? Mm, yeah, well, we didn't go together, but we ended up in the same theater. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, yeah. With, with Steve and his really long pipe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah. that was an awesome pipe. <laughs> um, yeah, I remember like going to see it and being like so excited. Like, like the Hobbit is probably I would put it as my favorite book. I've mm-hmm. read it. Mm-hmm. I've read it more than any other novel yeah. for sure. Oh, it's a worthy favorite for sure. Yeah, um, I just I was so excited. Like the the look of the dwarves and like I was watching all the Peter Jackson video diaries. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be so good. Oh my gosh, those vlogs were so like the marketing team is oh, unreal. They, oh yeah, they got it right because they fooled me. Yeah, um, and I think. Had they announced that it was going to be three? By the time uh, no, the first one no, came the out? first one re- was released, and then I think they announced it. Or I could be getting the chronology wrong. Yeah, I just remember because I had, I had made my peace with two. I was like, okay, Harry yeah. Potter started the trend, and they have to make money, mm-hmm. and so they're going to do two books. And I'm like, and that's fine. And then they, you know, at that can, point, you were thinking like, oh, that means they're going to get all the content. They can the get book. it all in. Yeah, yeah. And then no. they're like, no, we're going to also just scrape the bottom of the barrel of everything that we're yeah. allowed to put in. Because mm-hmm. um, I get is that all from the appendices at the end of Return of the King? I guess? Oh no. Well, okay. So they did take something from the appendices, but a lot of it is just <coughs> BS that they. Oh, well, they made up a bunch of stuff. Like the the here. Evangeline Lilly character is oh, totally made. Yeah, up, and then. Right? Like, but see, like, the thing is what they did, you know, so, like, Radagast the Brown is mentioned in the appendices. Yes. Uh, What's-his-name, the orc, is mentioned in the appendices. Yeah. Um, The two blue wizards. The two blue wizards. Are they in there? They're not in it. Oh, they just uh, had a little mention of it, yeah. Gandalf mentions them, because it's like, well, we gotta get them in there. See, I'm surprised they didn't do the two blue wizards. (laughs) Yeah, why not, you know? Give them names and cast, you know, (laughs) some some more old doctors. Some old British guys. Yeah. Um... Like Doctor House is the blue wizard. Hey, like a good wizard. Uh, on see, like on one hand, you know, it's like it's like references to to things that only you know nerds would know, and you kind of yes. go, yeah, that's really cool. Because so like the blue wizards, that was almost a throwaway line, you know that yeah. that people are like, oh yeah, that's you know I've totally read the appendices or the Silmarillion, and that's really neat. But then on the other hand, you're making Azog, whose nerds know are dead. Uh, or no, is dead, you know, and you're making him the main uh, antagonist, and you're just kind of antagonizing your intelligent viewers, you know? Oh, like, I know. Or you're, you're not intelligent. You're, uh, intelligent viewers, that doesn't mean yeah. you're, uh, you're viewers who know the story, you know? Like, sure, yeah. Um, you, and You're just trying to 
jam as much stuff in as yeah, possible and, without thinking about yeah. it. Yeah. First, um, like I remember, we went to Danny's after. Yeah, <laughs> um, and we and got, had a Hobbit breakfast. We got the Hobbit good, breakfast, yeah. which was awesome. They didn't do that for the other two movies, and I was bummed. But I remember we went, and we were just sitting there, and just like the realization kind of sunk in, and we we're just like, "That was bad, that wasn't was bad. it?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I was, I was pretty distraught. That I mean, was, it, was like, it kind of took me to the end of the movie. Like I was like, because like at first I was like, "Oh, we're seeing it in the high frame rate, and mm-hmm, we see what that looks mm-hmm. like," and that looked kind of weird. But at moments, it was cool, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, and then just, like, getting to the end of the movie, and then it's, like, thinking back, I was like, wait, actually, that kind of sucked. <laughs> after, <laughs> after, yeah, you strip away all of the all of the distractions. Um, um, but, uh... I, I, have, I have part two on my computer, and I'm like, mm. yeah, maybe I'll get around to watching it. What I think I'm going to end up doing is, I will watch them all one day, but I'm going to try and do a fan edit, where I just uh, cut them all into one good movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see if I can do that. Just cut out all the chuffa. Cut out, cut out all the scenes of uh, the Council of Elrond. Yeah, everything gone. The Goblin (laughs) gone. Everything that's story. (laughs) My friend, my friend Aiden was like, "If you're gonna do that, you just need every scene where there's not a Hobbit in it. Cut it out. It's (laughs) the Hobbit. So if there's no Hobbit." There's no point. It's come to think of it, it's actually legit. Even the Battle of Five Armies, you could almost cut the entire third movie, I believe. Um, From what I hear, yeah. Because because in the book, you know. Uh, Bill gets knocked out, wakes up, and you know that's immediate, right? It's back to back. He gets knocked out. He, w- he yeah. knocked out, not knocked up, uh, <laughs> and, and wakes up. You know, and and you know, obviously, you know, the film. You know, you don't have to follow one character, and that's that's one benefit of film. You know, that's sure. one benefit of the Hunger Games films is that they don't have to just follow Katniss, and they can yeah. show you what's going on in the world. But yeah, you could pretty much cut all of that. For, yeah, from what I hear, it's pretty bad. Yeah, and they just kind of like forced like old Orlando Bloom into the blonde wig again, and, and, the, kind of, and the contacts because his yeah. eyes have faded. I'm not sure <laughs> the purpose guess, behind that. I don't know. It's probably like I remember they had to like put weird makeup on the dwarves because apparently with the high frame rate, they yeah, the weird. color was different. Yeah, yeah, they had to like make them red. Did you hear that Ian Mc, uh, Sir Ian McKellen cried on set? Yeah. Oh, I so sad. So sad. <laughs> I, I was I I was so happy though when I I read the article where Peter Jackson was like. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'd like to make more Middle Earth films, but we don't have the rights, and uh, apparently the Tolkien estate is not mm-hmm. a huge. Oh, fan. Christopher Tolkien is is absolutely livid that he let them make the Hobbit film. Do, um, is he? Do they even like the Lord of the Rings movies? Like, I don't uh, know. probably not. I mean, Tolkien didn't really want his his stuff made into films. Well, he let the film rights go for nothing. He's like, good, yeah. good luck. Yeah. You can't well, make he this. thought it was yeah. The, yeah. the, the Beatles. Did you know? That? Have I told you that? The Beatles... They wanted to make... Yeah, went yeah. and location scouted. They had locations yeah. in America for for uh, the the Lord of the Rings, which is oh, fantastic. Man. That is so good. Um, yeah, I guess it was C.S. Lewis more that didn't want his books made into films. Yeah. Well, um, he's dead now, so... Yeah, they're all... Yeah. Uh, someone, but, someone make the Out of the Silent Planet movie. Oh, that would be oh. actually pretty good. I want, yeah. I want that. It's like classy sci-fi. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I I love Out of the Silent Planet. I mean, it would have to be a one-off movie. They, I don't think they could pull off the second and third film without going like super religious. They get really theological. Yeah, they do. Although, <laughs> hey, man, the Bible's pulling in. It's true. Pulling in money now, it's man. True. Uh, at the box office, that's a whole other podcast yeah. we could do. It's like why why is the Bible big? Why is the, the Bible big? Yeah. At the box office again, it's like 
they're running out of ideas. As soon as they run out of ideas, like every you know, back to the Bible, yeah. forty years, like, well, that's the greatest story ever told. So we'll just go, uh, or so I hear. I don't Christians know. are still a big percentage of the population. They're though. still around, right? <laughs> uh, um, declining, declining. Yeah, well, apparently not. Apparently, like seventy-five percent of Americans actually identify as Christian. Still, right, like, that, that's got to be down from previous years, isn't it? Maybe, or maybe it's just church attendance that's going down. That could be. I, I don't know. I read, because I read an article, I think it was in Variety, mm-hmm. uh, about, like, 2014, the year of the Bible in Hollywood, and it's like, there were some big money makers, like yeah. Noah did mm-hmm. pretty good. I think they did over $300 million at the box office. It was and huge. It was anything anyone could talk about. Yeah, and, and uh, I think they, they published it because it was, like, right at the time Exodus came out, which I oh, haven't okay. seen yet. No, I haven't seen that either. But apparently that kind of tanked at the box office, so... I mean, they've got white guys as all the brown guys. Yeah, everyone was going off about that, but like, <laughs> no, that's know. not. That's certainly not. R- that, Ridley uh, Scott made yeah. a good point where he's like, I can't cast like Muhammad so and so and be like, hey, this is the lead actor in my like hundred million dollar movie that hey, I want to make. Hey, Muhammad so and so got a best uh, <laughs> best supporting actor nom- nominee uh, for uh, uh, Captain Phillips. So that's true. You know. Um, uh, I think his name was actually Muhammad, wasn't it? I think it was actually. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I'm so proud of myself. Not this that. year though. Not this year. They whitewashed the Oscars this year. <laughs> Is that right? I I didn't look into that. Oh, that's why. Uh, right. Oh yeah, I was. Every, oh yeah, you're, every, you're everyone on Twitter. Lego everyone on Twitter was going off about like, oh, there's no people of color. Why didn't David Oyelowo get nominated oh, for yeah, uh, Selma? Yeah. Which I haven't seen, so I can't comment on his but performance. But my gosh, how but... timely can that film like possibly be? Eh? Oh like, man, I don't know if they planned that out or yeah. what, but they must have just been like. Boy. I hope they like, didn't plan too much. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Oh, they just must be watching the news, be like, "Yes, we're gonna make so yeah. much money." No, but at, at the same time, you know, that's the point. You know, or that's not the point of art. Sometimes art, for the sake of art, thanks Oscar Wilde. But like, yeah. um, but you know, that is a great thing about art is that it can address timely subjects. And so, it, you True. know, they yeah. they could have planned it. I mean, uh, they you know yeah. they did the same thing with the imitation game that we were talking about before mm-hmm. the show, where they. Sort of tried to, you know, yeah, wedge, it, yeah. wedge a little message in there at the end, and you know, whether or not you think it worked is up to you. I, I, I didn't, that didn't take me out of the movie. Mm. I mean, I think the movie I, as a whole, I yeah. think I, I still enjoyed whether or not they needed to add the message in well, like there. Fa- like factual, te- like subtitles at the end of films, I just, mm. I don't know. Based on a true story. And here's some more facts. Yeah, well, I mean, sometimes they can. Um, like, I don't know, like, uh, with, like, Foxcatcher, I don't know if you saw... Mm. Okay, I don't want to spoil it for you, but, like, it's based on a... <laughs> yeah, no, it's based on a, it's based on a true story. Does it also have, like, the fact at the end? Yeah, it does. It's like, so-and-so was, you know, like, Mark Schultz was, you know, both David and Mark Schultz were inducted into the Wrestling Hall of Fame mm. and so-and-so here, so it's just kind of a way of, I, like, cap- like it, it can work. Like, I'm curious as to, as to what you think, then, about whether or not that means that the film just didn't have a good enough ending, you know? Because, like, those, those text things are always kind of wrapping it up for you, which mm. other films that aren't based on true stories have to do that in the film. Or do you, do you ever think about it that way? Um, I, I think in the case of most of those, like, based on true story movies, it, it just comes down to... There's so much that they just mm-hmm. can't put into the because you could you could make a sequel to Foxcatcher, right? W- based on I don't know how much you know about the. Do you care if I? Um, I want to watch it. Okay, I, I, I won't <laughs> do it. But there's there is and a, that, that's such a a new recent film that perhaps you you also shouldn't spoil it. Shouldn't spoil it for the yeah. many listeners. I'm sure we're going to have it. Um, <laughs> uh, Self deprecation. Uh, I love it. That's what makes me endearing. Um, 
No, but like you could do a whole um, a whole sequel to Foxcatcher based on on what happened next in the lives of these people, mm-hmm. and maybe Megan Ellison, if you're listening, maybe you should. She's the head of Anna yeah. Pictures. Okay. Oh man, I read an article about her that just made me just so discouraged mm. about being a young artist. Oh. She's like okay, she's like 28 years old. She's the head of this. Uh, Motion picture company now, Annapurna Pictures. Mm-hmm. They release like Zero Dark Thirty, Her, mm-hmm. Foxcatcher, Spring wow. Breakers, like all these award winning, yeah, yeah. Oscar nominated movies. And I'm like, holy crap! And she's 28. Like, how did she, you know, get to like yeah. this company that she started? She's the daughter of billionaire software developer Larry Ellison. Oh, so I, for, I was like, it was like super inspiring. This article, I was like, yeah. yes, we can do it. And then, nope. Uh, like, I'm like, what's wrong with you, Dad? Why don't yeah, you make basically. some microchips or something? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wish I was the son of someone famous. Right? Oh, it's just like, like he's worth like over fifty billion. I think he's the third wealthiest <laughs> person in the U.S. Like, it's, oh, it's sickening, dude. Yeah, she, you know, she might have you know carved her own path, but who gave her the tools? I'm not. Yeah, I'm not taking anything away from her. Yeah. She's very talented, yeah. and she has a great eye for like what will be successful. She's a great producer, mm-hmm. and and is is focused on telling great stories. Like she's not mm-hmm. just one of these people. Who, although now she bought the Terminator franchise, so I don't know where this is going. But well, she cast Amelia Clark though. So that's true. <laughs> and Jai Courtney, everyone's favorite nobody. Um, I don't know, he was in Die Hard 5. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, how yeah. No, yeah, no one did. <laughs> um, but, um, like, focusing on, on putting, like, like, funding projects, like, by talented directors. Like, I think she did, uh, oh, The Master by PTA, Paul mm-hmm. Thomas Anderson. Mm-hmm. You, you know, like, telling good stories, using cinema as an art form and not just, like, a, yeah, as a money-making. Although I, I, I saw a pretty good quote on, on Facebook, so take it as you will, but... Uh, it was like I'm less interested in in the genius of Einstein than in the fact that there might be that sort of mind working or that spends their entire life working in a sweatshop or a cotton factory, and just like that kind of idea where she is a genius, you know, she's she's yeah. doing really well with her art, but then like there can, can, could be somebody who could do that sort of greatness, sure. but is not at all afforded the Isn't opportunity. Yeah, never given the opportunity. Know? So I mean, there's a lesson, kids. <laughs> grab the opportunity when it. When don't it be born to... unless you're being born into a billionaire family. That's 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 the lesson. Huh? Yeah, go home and berate your parents for not <laughs> developing software. That can bump you into a lifestyle that Basically. you'd like to become accustomed yeah. to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's just it's just one of those things where you're like, oh, you know. No, and, and maybe, I, like I would love to have that opportunity. And and see but the thing is, too, I think it feels a lot better. I think if you have to work for it, yeah, I mean, not that she maybe. I, I, don't know, I feel like I'm bashing Megan Ellison right now. She's probably like, she probably worked for it. Oh, I'm you know. sure she did. Uh, but on on a slightly more encouraging note, I during this Hunger Games roleplay that I did, I was often discouraged because I had two writers, sure, um, or you know five writers or whatever in the first games, and I was just thinking like, man, I'm putting so much work into this, but the audience is so small. But then like. Um, my my sister was one of the writers, and she was just so profoundly affected by it that I was like, you know what, maybe, you know, this art that I've created, that, you know, that I've 
poured my heart and soul into. Maybe it is, you know, worth something. It may not be reaching the audience that Foxcatcher, you know, sure. reach, but like your your short film, you know, might affect somebody. True. I I mean, and and that was kind of what kept me going on that because like we had such an awful time in pre production yeah. getting this thing together. It was just so. Like, I mean, the Kickstarter went really well. People were mm-hmm. excited about it. We had money to spend, thank goodness, because yeah, we yeah. needed it in the end. Um, like, all our equipment fell through on the last day, and we had to, like, quickly go to a rental house as they yeah. were closing, and they stayed open. They were awesome. Gear mm-hmm. House in Vancouver, you guys saved our butts. Um, they stayed open an hour later to help us get, like, like otherwise we wouldn't have lights. Mm-hmm. Like, we wouldn't have mm-hmm. had like, It was, like, just kind of, like, one thing after the other. Like, something would go right. Like, oh, hey, we got a location that we didn't think we would get, and that's perfect. Like, oh, awesome. Like, that, and then what happened? It's like, oh, everything is coming up Millhouse for me. And then yeah. and something else would just show up and be like, psych, yeah. you, you know, sucks to be you. So it was just, but like every time we, you know, we were auditioning actors or like everyone who read the script was like, dude, oh, man, this is going to be so good. I'm so mm-hmm. excited. Like, people would come up to me and be like, oh, man, I saw your Kickstarter thing. Like, I can't. You know, some people couldn't donate, and I was like, yeah, that's fine, whatever. You know, we, we funded the thing in, like, a day. Yeah, no, that's A day fantastic. and a half or something like that. And so, so I was like, oh, man, guys, keep, uh, you know, keep, you know, I was like, if you can't donate, it's like, whatever, I got my money already. Yeah. Um, but they were like, oh, I can't donate, but I'm super excited. Yeah, like, yeah, I saw yeah. that, I'm sharing it with my friends, and I put it up on Twitter and stuff like that, and I was like, hey, great, that's what we want. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that was awesome. Um, but yeah, and that, like that's kind of the thing that keeps it going. Like, I'm, I'm I'm really happy with. I mean, we don't have the final product, but I was looking through some of the footage mm-hmm. the other day, and I was like, I'm really happy with it. Are you Are you doing the editing and post as well, or? I'm not. Uh, oh, okay. I got a guy uh, from film school who uh, is an editor, much more talented mm-hmm. editor than mm-hmm. I am. He's going to be taking that on. Fantastic. Um, but yeah, we're hoping to get it uh, done in time for festival season. So. Man, I look forward to seeing that. It's going to be awesome. Um, <laughs> I hope. I mean, I'm just waiting for the next yeah. thing to go wrong. Yeah. <laughs> just that kind of shoot. Oh, uh, we... Uh, uh, Paige fell out of the script. We didn't film it. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Come on. But yeah, so I I know what you mean. Like, yeah, it's just, it's going to be... Because you had to work that much harder for it, like, hopefully it should be mm-hmm. more no, rewarding, and, so... Yeah, and it's, and it's rewarding to you, and, and, you know, even if your audience is small, you know, like, a few people in the theater during the festival season you know like yeah it can still yeah it can still be you know how do you how do you measure that sort of you know worth it's true i mean with with money i think cold hard cash is how you generally yeah definitely <laughs> the amount of money that it makes yeah i think to, i think so i mean that's why you do it right i think so not for the sake of art no it's but like if you can do it for the sake of art but also receive a paycheck i think that's is, where is it's the idea. that's the, the thing Anyways, yeah, um, I think that's it for us. Um, do you want to plug anything? I mean, I'll put, I'll put. You have like Twitter or something. You want to? I don't have a Twitter. No, I'm not Twitter. nearly funny enough in fifteen <laughs> words. I uh, posted one thing on Twitter once, and then that was it. Cool. Well, um, I'll we'll link the uh, the audio book, the awesome. Bandcamp, in the show notes and uh, the Tumblr. I guess if people want to read. Yeah, yeah. If people still read. I mean, that's things. linked on the Bandcamp. So. Oh, it is on yeah. the. That's true. All right, we'll link the Bandcamp, and then you guys can figure it out from there. You're grown ups, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, dude, thanks for coming on the show, man. Oh, it was, my absolute. It was. It's been awesome mm-hmm. uh, chatting with you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Dawson Funk D A W S O N F U N K. Follow me there if you want to hear me make jokes about how the Oscars don't like yellow people. 
Lego movie, uh, you guys got snubbed. Um, anyways, yeah, so that's it for us. Um, it's been a pleasure, man. Everything is awesome did get nominated. That's true. Everything is awesome. Got nominated for best song, and why not? That song was stuck in my head for a week. <laughs> Still is. That's great. All right. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time.